Hey everybody, welcome to Myopia Movies. This week we are talking about the Ralph Rankin and Bass classic, The Last Unicorn. Now this is not one I had grown up with, but it has been on the list of many of our female panelists for a long time, and so we decided, yeah, it's on HBO Max, let's do it. I found this movie very long, well, not long, but slow. Uh, Also confusing, uh, but whatever. You know, it does have that Rankin and Bass kind of charm. So, if you're listening to this, thank you. Uh, If you're not... I don't know how you're hearing, but um, if you're interested in what we do and what we want to do and yada yada yada, uh, review us, rate us, share us, subscribe if you're not subscribed. I don't know, maybe you just looked at the last uniform and looked at But if that's the case, know that we do movies like this all the time. And if you're interested in getting more content, uh, check out the Patreon, where we have extra episodes every month, uh, extra mission briefings every other month. And if you join at the $10 level, you also get movie riffs. Uh, and if you just want the movie riffs, by the way, we are starting a uh, Cineprov Patreon feed. So, thanks, guys. Welcome to Myopia Movies. This week, we are watching The Last Unicorn, uh, Ralph Bakshi's least sexy thriller. I am <laughs> host Nick Hoffman, riffer on Cineprov, and I guess the host here. And on panel, we've got... Uh, hello, this is Daniel, uh, contributor to Pop Dose, uh, frequent myopia panelist, and uh, really just three unicorns in a man suit. There we go. Hey, I'm Kelly. <laughs> and it's Lauren. Um, and so this week we're watching a non-Disney animated movie from the late 70s, and it, it feels kind of like that. Uh, if only that the animation... No, no, I mean... Not- the animation definitely feels like 70s. It's that like yeah. old school... like. You can kind of tell that the scenes were done as scenes. It's not the smoothest of animations, but it's Well, and, and it's, it's got like a third less frames than a Disney movie yeah. at the same time. Well, right. back in the late 70s, there was like this uh, big push for fantasy to go into animation. So we already uh, mentioned Ralph Bakshi, who did a ton of uh, fantasy movies and did so after this one came out. This is just representative of the times, and uh, they were trying to be adult with it. In which case, characters in this movie say "damn," but and Disney never did that. Once. He said it once, eh. right? I mean, we we Couple were also times. doing a lot right? of profanity, so it could have been anything. Uh, this it came was probably out- my daughter, really. <laughs> this came out. This is seventy-eight, right? Eighty-two. 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 Okay, so this came out the year after Fox and the Hound, um, and four years after The Rescuers. That's where we are. Mm. It came out, I guess, before the Black Cauldron, which was a bomb uh, in '85. But '86 was the last of uh, the Great Mouse Detective, so that, that that's where we are in the Disney world. I have nowhere to start other than to say, Kelly, this is the one that you, you wanted to do with me. Yeah. So give me the plot. Give me the plot here. Sure. Um. So we kind of start the movie off with a little bit of um, exposition about unicorns, and then we meet our last unicorn. She's shocked that people are talking about her being the last and decides that she needs to find the rest of them because maybe they're hurt. Maybe they need her help. Maybe they're right. But men don't know anything. Um, So she has to make sure that she does that on her own. Um, She hits the road. She gets abducted uh, by a traveling circus and meets up with a magician who frees her. And they go on a mission together. They run into a band of thieves um, and the cook comes with them because she's excited to see the unicorn. So they head off in the direction of Haggard's castle um, because the story is he's kind of the one in charge of 
how the unicorns went missing. Haggard. Haggard, yes. Think of how um, Grop said Hagrid in the books. Haggard, King Haggard. Um, you know I'm not going to come on here and not make a Harry Potter reference, guys. <laughs> so they get there, and we finally see what's causing the problem. It's King Haggard's Red Bull. Uh, he goes after our last unicorn, and the magician, in an effort to save her, lets his magic make the decision how to do that, which is incredibly irresponsible. Um, and it turns her into a woman, a beautiful, tall, light blonde, long-haired, naked woman. Um, and As the you bull, will. Yeah. And the bull uh, ignores her pretty much in this form, so they go to the castle. King Haggard kind of knows that she's a unicorn. Um, and the problem with her being a human is that she starts to slowly lose the memory of her being a unicorn and becomes more and more human. They finally find the Red Bull's tunnel, go to try to save the rest of the unicorn. There's a battle. The Red Bull loses, and the unicorns go back out into the world to their respective forests. And then it stops, and we have no idea if they're okay. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's a simplistic plot, but I, I enjoy it for that reason. Well, it's simultaneously simplistic, but also at the same time, I feel like I need a lot of backstory to this. Like, what yeah. are the unicorns in this universe? Who is uh, King Haggard? And um, uh, well, let's, well, let's back up. I watch a lot of My Little Pony. So, yeah. if there's two <laughs> things I've learned in this world, first of all, friendship is magic, <laughs> and then second, there's two kinds of magic. Pegasuses and unicorns. And Pegasi can fly. <laughs> yep. And unicorns are kind of dicks and absent to most human emotion, but they can use magic and they're pretty. I don't know. Rarity has a lot of emotion. Also, she's very pretty. See, that's the thing, because Spike wants to bone her. And I've Which learned is... that watching the show. Yes. Spike is creepy, and Rarity is just thick. I, like her, I mean, like you clearly don't notice this little tiny baby dragon adores you and you abuse that attention. Such stupid rarity. I mean, nothing is worse than when there's a short man who's in love with a person. Speaking of short people who are in love with, in love. I with want anything. to talk about My Little Pony more. Okay. Yeah, we should. We really should. There is a My Little Pony <laughs> movie little out there, pony. isn't it? There is, yes. There is. And it is now on Netflix because Jonathan texted me about it yesterday and my response was, My Little Pony. I used to wonder what friendship would be and he never texted me back. It's a good I show. I have no doubt uh, that right. it was your reaction. <laughs> it's a better Oscar show than it deserves. Not, not that it deserves to be, but like I just associate most little kids stuff with repetitive themes. It yeah. builds. It's good. It does. And it builds a lot on friendship, and they mess up a lot, and it's great. And, but and we're not here to talk about you know, Although we pony. should, because I don't know what to talk about the rest of this movie. You know what one of the most amazing things about this movie? America the soundtrack. Yes. yes. America. That wasn't what I was going to reference. We can get to that in a minute. But just how great the voice actor cast was. Yeah. Uh, oh. Mia Farrow is the last unicorn in this. Alan Arkin is in this. Jeff Bridges is the prince we went in this. through the desert. Uh, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> just such a bummer, man. America is the soundtrack. Uh, Chris great. Lee is in this as King Haggard. Papa Smurf is in this movie. He was. Oh. Well, no, look, apparently I, I was reading they spent most of their budget on uh, the voice actors because they wanted the best of the best. And apparently everyone, everyone their, they got their first choice for everyone. Oh. So I'm going to say a thing, though. I would love to say a thing. you can pick 
the best of the best as actors. But that doesn't mean that they're going to become great voice great actors. Voice and let's just talk about how not great Jeff Bridges was in this. I mean, Ooh. I know he only had 15 you're words right. the no, no, whole you're time. Right. But you're it was right. like it was like listening to paper talk. No, no, no. Yeah. It was awful. I, I will say it sounds like everyone's third favorite Christmas special, A Charlie Brown Christmas. Like he did it all in one take. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is he, what you get. I'm leaving. That's right. You paid me for an hour. It, it sounds more natural when I'm reading it for the first time and I have to ask you the pronunciation of words. FYI, because uh, I'm not sure if it was Kelly or Lauren who said this, that uh, this was Jeff Bridges' first thing. Uh, he was already an Oscar nominee by this point. Last Picture Show? Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Oh, nice. That's Ooh. not a movie. Yes, it is. I, I it's think, him and Clint. I think you made it up to make me sound stupid. It's him and Clint Eastwood together. Do we have to make things up to make you sound stupid? <laughs> you are. I have been ragging on Daniel all Deep night, and all the rest of you guys missed it. So I just had to kind of spin around and do one for Nick. So I'm not going to do one for Lauren because I love her. She's beautiful when she's being a real bitch. I love it. Right? I love it. You're welcome. No, Alan Arkin was super dry in this too. Although I, feel, I will say, I feel like I he was very really, dry. I think they really this. all were. I think it was. Please, yeah, they just, someone was being a real schmendrick. Uh, <laughs> by the a way, great name for a magician. This is. was the same Schmendrick. year as Tron. I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> he's also not acting in Tron. He I was love, great love, in Tron. I love Tron, but he's a a dispossessed millionaire, right? Like he's supposed to be disconnected from real things. No, he's the uh, nerdy guy in the basement who secretly built the company. Up. Listen to oh, when God. we do Lawnmower Man soon. No boy. Th- then Pierce Brosnan's the one who's masturbating. Either way, um, in the seventies and early eighties, there was this big push to uh, do new animation because Disney was floundering at this point. I mean. Uh, Lauren, go ahead. Name a uh, Disney movie from the late 70s. Um, the fact stone, you hesitated. Stone, yeah, Sword the, in a Stone, right? The fact you hesitated is entirely right. the point. Right. They felt that there was a gap there, and they felt that in America there could be more adult-oriented animation, which didn't really last that long. <laughs> no, I feel like the animation in this is actually beautiful. Um, oh, it's really I love nice. It. Um, and I, I different. Yeah, and I think they did a great job with the differences in color, too. Because, right. like, at the beginning, when she's in her forest, everything is really vibrant. And the regular world just isn't as much. You still get those color variations, but they use the, the juxtaposition nicely. And all of Haggard's castle is fucking dark and red and black and that's it that's all you get and i love that and then her dress is purple which is my favorite color well nick pointed this out a lot of the animators in this went on to studio ghibli yeah well uh, well i was gonna also say like this feels like layers on top of stuff not only that we've we've talked about but it maybe the 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 audience and we'll give our last judgments in a million years from now but if you like like akira like original movie Akira animation, that's what this feels like more than most American animation. And like, mm. as someone who likes Studio Ghibli and has gotten more into like the long form uh, Japanese animation stuff, that's what this feels like. Because mm-hmm. you have like every fourth f- frame missing. That's why it doesn't feel Disney. Yeah. And yet, like Daniel was alluding to and Kelly was alluding to, what they nailed then is the incredible landscapes. Like, it feels Mm. like the whole thing is a watercolor painting and it's gorgeous. 
And sometimes the animation of the characters lags like a Bakshi or whatever. I feel like they put a lot more effort into Lady Amalthea than any of the other characters. Like, if you look, yeah. like, that is very traditional, like, Japanese artistry. Her hair moves with the wind, and there's so fucking much of it that you're just like, I want her hair. But also, this is great, and I feel like they put more effort into her. Lady Amalthea, by the way, is uh, the, the unicorn. unicorn in human form. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I no. did skip her name. Although, I and love that name, and I named my jewelry store after it. Well, <laughs> and, and even past your jewelry store which is www.com uh, kelly slash it's a Malthea's horn on etsy <laughs> oh there you go you can delete that <laughs> no please leave it in uh so you're a sponsor now and i l- roughly charge 25 percent, but we'll see how it goes um, <laughs> yeah, okay you can delete that i'm not paying nick <laughs> uh but i was gonna say along what you were saying is the way that they animate her mane at first mm-hmm. Is what we're talking about here, which is half. It's it's like six undulating frames, like you're playing an old game and watch. Mm-hmm. But th- what they do is they alternate where the outer, like literally borderline of the animation is, so it feels like she's fading, and it's very considering. Again, you can tell where the budget lied, like Daniel said, in the voice acting, which mostly is fine. Now. There are scenes in this movie that look just absolutely beautiful from an animation point of view, but uh, Studio Ghibli does it. wings. Yeah, they do it so much better because it just looks great from scene to scene. This movie is like, okay, that scene with the uh, unicorn uh, uh, galloping to find her own kind looks great, but then they turn into Angela Lansbury's uh, little freak show. Jeez, what was that character's name? Angela Lansbury. Mom, mom something. Mm, yeah, mama. I I thought they did a great job of of indicating that the the magic that they weren't actual animals. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they like mm-hmm. the the old lion was mm-hmm. the yeah um, manticore. 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 Now, there, I thought that was pretty obvious. The snake who could have gotten out of the bars, you know, right. was there's some great animation sort of in here, but there, it's just yeah. not consistent. Right. You know, there's. Scenes and by the way, this is uh, directed by the people who did Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, a they were they, they were the ones in charge. So there are some great looking scenes in here, but then immediately afterwards it reverts into looking like some uh, cheap knockoff of Princess Mononoke. Yeah, it's very back and forth, and I feel like like it's similar. It's the same way with the script. Like some part of it is great, and then other parts are like, but did you have? Like especially what uh, the the prince's song, it was awful. Oh, the gee. lyrics were terrible, and I'm like, get a songwriter. Don't I don't just it. write it like you're writing the script. Well, they did have a quote unquote songwriter. It was the guy who wrote MacArthur Park wrote all the songs for this movie. And America well, the band. America the band. Yeah, I'd love you. That's they all I great. have to say. Yeah, they were great. Speaking of which, there is literally a scene. There is literally a scene in this movie where there is a horse in the desert with no name. And we all glared at you when you pointed that out the first time. (laughs) Horse with no name. Yep. No, wait, wait, wait. And then he says, and then he says, "I love who I love." And then they say, "Which is great, but I wouldn't recommend loving a unicorn." Yeah, but then what if she? What if she turned into a unicorn? And he goes, "I love who I love." I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. There were a lot of things about this movie that were weird. Like the I love who I love, but also can we talk about the huge amount of weird fantasy tits in this? Because yes, the oh. harpy is my favorite. Her oh. boobs have haunted my memories, and I love it. Like wait, it, wait, it's wait, not. It's no wonder my parents love start haunting your memory because. I like haunting boobies. It's my favorite. <laughs> no, that tree, that tree gets that wizard, and he is stuck between them, and he does not look scared. Y'all, I no, just, that's, I've locked that scene out of my memory so well. Like, like I said, I just watched this, and then that scene came up, and I was like, oh, God, I totally forgot about we that. We got to like, talk about them it. tree titties, girl. I, I just want to say beforehand, that's one of my all-time favorite bands, uh, Haunting Titties. Yes. Yes. Great you band. know, my cousin started that. Oh, okay. Um, and, and let's talk about these fantastic tree tits. Um, oh, she thre- she goes, she basically says, you're you're going to die, but I'm going to remember your eyes like this forever. And I'm like, so are you going to suffocate him with your tree boobies? Like, what's happening? I mean, I thought that was meant to be a dick. That is my fetish. Second. <laughs> okay. Being suffocated with tree titties. I mean, we've all been there. The Lorax was like upselling. Uh, but we were going to talk about the fact that it's a woman's voice, and if you you have these huge spheroids when you see her, and then they zoom out, and it's a giant. Yeah, <laughs> it is a giant just dick. So phallic. <laughs> because like when they zoom in on her face and her her round bit, you're just like, okay, so it's a, a tree woman, fine. And then they zoom out, and it's the most. Phallic image I've seen in it a kids' cartoon really was. since Prince Tri- since King's Triton's like castle on, on, the, on Ariel. Yeah, we've all been there. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, it I have no answer to this. It was it, 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 it was a those. thing, and then you know the unicorn tries to save him, and she goes, "No, you can't have him. He's mine." And I'm like, "He's gonna die. She's, She's gonna kill him with her tree boobs." And then she does rescue her, him in the. Uh, Schmendrick and the, the magician and the tree goes back to normal and you can see the two like knots yeah. and they're at different yeah. levels so but I'm just kind of like way, how did she not have crooked boobs because they bra. were super she needs a bra <laughs> poor but thing right. if, if you if you are so nerdy you could be smothered to death by a pair of, of, of boobies you, you're called a Schmendrick Right, like yeah, that, that, I mean, that's yeah. how you die. Like it fits. There are worse it would ways totally to go, happen to someone there are named. Worse, there are worse yeah. ways to go. Did you have? Hear what happened to Billy? He was such a smendrick. Like yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was Chris Walken, but there we were. Um, <laughs> Christopher Walken would have been a great voice actor in this, man. Uh, my goodness, yeah, I have wow. these great tree I breasts. Am <laughs> the last unicorn. <laughs> I'm aroused, which I think is the whole thing at the end, right? You got you got to follow your unicorn. Well, I mean, at least uh, they didn't do the Ralph Bakshi thing and waited until the end for you to get aroused rather than starting the at the time. beginning. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, just giant sagging unicorn tit. I mean, that, that's that's Bakshi. That, yep. that is, I'm sorry, ladies here. Uh, if you haven't seen Cool World. I was World, not aroused. Have you seen Cool World? No. You well, don't Brad, need to. Brad Pitt has sex with a cartoon so good it comes to life. No, it's Gabriel Byrne in that movie. Okay. Who has, and, and Brad Pitt and what's the woman? Is it? Why would you have sex with a cartoon? That's that's Cool World. That's the whole point. Okay. Ah, oh boy, that movie. That. Ugh. Who was who was the the, the lady? Uh, it was Gabriel Byrne and uh, Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger, thank you. So, this is not Kim Basinger having sex with a no, no I, but it could have no, been. There was no cartoon sex. 
There was very nearly this. cartoon sex with um, uh, a unicorn. With the unicorn well, being I, turned into a human. I love, too, with the prince when he comes up the stairs and he's like, what can I do? How can I help you? I want to. Fur. And she's, she goes, she goes, make me stop dreaming and take away my memories and don't let me... Don't let me fall back asleep. And I'm just like, are you asking him to rail you so that you don't go back to Roofies. sleep? Because that is where my brain went. Like, Dude. you just want him to just, just you know. Every lady's a unicorn to a dude. I just love when she was like, men don't know anything. I was like, yeah, babe. <laughs> True. You're right. I Speaking mean. truth. You're right. She, she learned quick. Yeah. Well, there's so much in this movie going on from a mythology point of view. Like, we've mentioned the Red Bull, which... The entire Here's time, I'm like, yeah, I was about to say it. So th- they're going to turn the unicorn into a pegasus. But no, it's a literal fire demon that looks like a giant bull. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know it would be an actual bull. Like, I thought it was just an area of land called Red Bull. Or, Appa- apparently, or we were wrong. But yeah. And it that's why uh, she gets demon. turned into a human in the first place because yeah. uh, they find the Red Bull and uh, mm-hmm. the Red Bull starts chasing Alan Arkin and the last unicorn. Is this what the drink is named after? Is my question. I don't think Red so. Bull. That would not okay. this one. Is it not related? That's an interesting question. I yeah. really don't know. Yes. I don't know. Which came first, the Red Bull or the Red Bull? I think uh, the, the Red, Red Bull. Bull in this came first, but um, I don't know if the if Red Bull is named after Red Bull. Maybe the I maker lo- maybe the maker was a fan. Who knows? I maybe. just learned that Snopes like Snopes.com is named after a Faulkner character. So anything is literally possible at this point. Like it, it could well be. What yeah, if Red know. Bull was getting jacked watching the last unicorn? He's like, holy shit! Yeah, like this would be a great logo. I've been mm-hmm. doing blow for six hours, so I'm going to be up forever, and I can fly now? Holy shit. <laughs> no, it couldn't be, though, because the unicorns don't fly. And yeah. uh, a Red Bull gives you bull, wings, and this Red Bull just though. drowns the things. The Bull does, though. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, the Bull didn't fly. He oh, ran. Yeah. Well, it's a fire demon, so at the end, uh, it steps into the ocean and starts dissolving, and that's how it's defeated and how the unicorns come back on the Are uh, you making that up? I literally could not follow this movie. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. And that's one of the big flaws of this movie, though, is I can only say I'm pretty sure. I thought that yeah, was no, one of the a... coolest scenes. Yeah. When, no. Oh, when... great if the, scenes. If this no, was like I, that an was one Italian. Of the scenes when, the, when the bull goes in the water and all the unicorns, they, the drawing's perfectly where it looks just yeah. like the, it's coming right out of the waves. That was it's awesome. It's perfect. It looks just like white, like white caps. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Very cool. I love this movie. It's beautiful. And somewhere a composer has done something so you could just watch the movie with a soundtrack and not listen to any of the dialogue. I mean, again, it's like <laughs> it's like watching, like, I feel this low. I am ruptured. Like, it's just, all of this is elbowy and it's beautiful. The animation, I love. But if this was an Italian movie and every third word was wrong, this would be a masterpiece. You know what this reminds me of now that you say it that way? Um, That episode of South Park where they go to Canada to find Terrence and Philip who just broke up and one of them's doing Shakespeare. Yes. And they do the full ending scene of Hamlet. And it's like... To die, to sleep. Yeah. It's it's a great scene, but it's like, good Lord, Terrence and Philip are doing it. It just kind of... 
doesn't really make a whole lot of sense Whoa. in context. And the pacing just is weird because you're missing every third animated chunk, right? It's like we did the, the animated Hobbit a million years ago. It has the same thing where, like, there's these great big emotional bits and it's so chopped up. You're like, how dare you? And then it cuts. It feels all jilted. Now, we've talked about Jeff Bridges in this movie. He was uh, the prince, uh, Chris, Chris Lee's son. What does everyone think of Mia Farrow as the unicorn? Sexy as I thought, fuck. I thought she was fabulous. Yeah, I love her. And she, she does the, the, when she becomes the, the Pinocchio for a scene and a half where she becomes a real lady. Uh, she's still, like, her acting is better than the stilted animation they give her. It's, yeah. Good. It's yeah. very good. Yeah, I think she right? did a good job. That her would be a fun cosplay. I'm doing it. It really would. I've, I've been planning her for three or four years, and I just haven't done it yet. But I'm doing get, it this year. How are you going to get the purple eyes? Contacts. Science and chemistry. Yeah, contacts. I, also, I will say, um, as someone who is really into uh, Disenchanted, uh, the new the Mac Raining show, she has the immediate dominance of like a bean character, right? Like she takes over the scene. She's positive. And I bring up disenchanted because if you haven't seen this, disenchanted is slightly easier to find, <laughs> but disenchantment, by the way, I don't fucking care, but I love the fantasy world where it feels like there's more to it than the single plot. Yeah. Which this comes into. Because it leaves all those questions that Daniel had. Like, why is he over a barren kingdom? Why does he stay? Why are the trapped unicorns his only source of happiness? Like, but you don't get any answers to that. You just get, he fucking sucks. We're going to kill him in the ocean. But also, (laughs) the end of it is not a punctuation mark. Like, most of the, the world is not saved. Right. Right. So I like it, which is why, I mean, when we were talking about it before at the beginning, Lauren and I will admit to not seeing this well before. Yeah, this I've never seen this before tonight. So but like, yeah, the beats feel familiar for the most part. Mm -hmm. Right. Like and then that's that's interesting. I just I also we did Dark Crystal. I'd rather watch this again than Dark Crystal because (laughs) I feel like sorry. Those those things in Dark Crystal that were constantly going. No, no, I'm gonna let you just sit on that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Freely and gladly. Anyway, uh, Kelly, move us to the next movement. Uh, uh, oh well, so another one of my favorite parts is uh, when the unicorns are freed. Did it bother, or did you even notice anyone else that the the unicorns run straight up the hill and like around the castle and they're yeah. running like at angles and there's no shadows so they just kind of look like they're flying but they're meant to be running on the rocks and that, it's like that was one of how the, do you do this like that was you can't run the, sideways on rocks unicorn stop that, you're gonna hurt yourself we just <laughs> saved you like, that was one of the weird things about the animation in this movie the characters look great but the backgrounds and oh. the uh like repetitive scenes right those scenes they, well, they look terrible. I will say it felt the most by committee of anything I've seen in this style, right? Because it's like there's one group that works on the backgrounds. There's one group that works on the character movements. They don't talk much. <laughs> right? Like that's what this felt like. Like there was two very clear different budgets and different groups. Yeah. And when it lined up perfect, like well – there were masterpiece shots, right? Like there's singular shots that are incredible, but that's where you felt the most awkward because it, 
Like, and sometimes it was like a Looney Tunes bit in the background <laughs> where you're just running through a Hanna-Barbera scene just like, same four doors. Or Fred Flintstone walking right. and then he's walking past the same three houses. Hey, Bond, you want a smooth cigarette? Is anyone else <laughs> annoyed that the butterfly working. never came back? That what came out? The butterfly never came back. Oh, we get like the, 10 oh, minutes. Oh, yeah. He's like saying. We get yeah. 10 minutes with this annoying as fuck butterfly. And yes. we, like, I yes. really, when, when I first saw. So, my fun story with this movie is I used to watch it all the time when I was really, really little, like four or five. And for years, my parents insisted that they had no idea what movie I was talking about. Like, once we moved from Florida, they were like, I don't know if I just watched it too much or what, but they were like, we don't know what movie you're talking about. We have no idea what movie you're talking about. So until, I don't know, maybe eight years ago, I really thought I had made this movie up in my mind until one of my friends was like, oh, yeah, no, that's that's called The Last Unicorn. And I was like, so I'm not crazy? Or, well, okay. I didn't make this particular thing up in my mind. Like, this actually exists. That made me really happy. But um, oh, well, I, I just have I always it. thought that that Ew. butterfly was going to come back, and he never did. No, they definitely established the yeah. butterfly as, like, the, the it's going to be an important character. It should be like the swallow the in Thumbelina where it definitely. like comes and back. And then he never seen him again. And it never happens. Yeah. Well, the no, butterfly is the one who says, you're the last unicorn. And the unicorn's like, well, that can't be true. Well, no, that's not true. The two got, the two hunters at the beginning the say hunters. that. Oh. Yeah. And she's like, men don't know shit. But the butterfly said there was a red bull. So I'm going to so go it look. It must be true, yeah. <laughs> no, okay, totally. Okay, so I will say then. Did we all have a movie in high, like late high school, college, maybe, where we were like, did that movie really exist, or was that as good as it was? Because we're all on that cusp of being able to access everything. Yeah, this so, was it for I mean, me. For you, it was this. It was this, yeah. But I, I get that because I have one that now people are reassessing. So, because my wife had never seen it before, and we watched it together when was I was it? super hungover for the first time. But do you have one? What was it? A goofy movie. Oh, Mine was yeah. a goofy movie, really? which I loved when I was a kid. It was hard to find because it never got a DVD release. Huh. And then they did it like because there was a sequel that came out, so it was a double disc, but that was much later. And so, like, for me, it was that. And then Netflix had some weird bootleg copy when you could buy only the disc. Right. Yeah. And so I watched it, and like everyone who was at college age, I ripped a copy sure. of it. And so, like one particular like Sunday, I was r like super hungover, and I think I was like had a cold or something. So I was just like covered in sheets and stuff. And I watched the bootleg copy with Candace. Nice. Like at that point, she was you know college girlfriend year one and a half. But yeah. No, mine was probably All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Stay tuned. Probably mine, yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's kind of similar to Kelly, where I would, like, ask my parents about it, and they'd be like, we don't know what movie you're talking about. I think I watched it too much, like, or asked for it That's too much what I or whatever. That's because I remember, like, dog like, movie, dog movie, and they'd be like, yeah. we don't know what you're talking about. And then later I found out, yeah. Because I, I watched it. it with, I remember watching it with my babysitter. Mm -hmm. Sure. So maybe they truly did not know what I was talking about. Yeah. Well, because at that point, if it wasn't at Blockbuster or whatever, it yeah. was recorded off TV or like yeah. some nonsense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's probably similar to mine. If that was the case, by the way, yeah. it was the Robin Hood with the foxes because that was 
70 something. The Disney Robin Hood? Yeah. And I must have rented that from Hollywood Video like 12 times. Like, because you couldn't find it otherwise. I learned how to rewind a VHS watching Bambi over and over and over and over and over again at like three. (laughs) Just to watch the mom get shot or? I don't know why that's the one I picked. I think it just happened to be the one that we had. No, it's the one you have. Yeah, that's that's the the one that we had at the time. But like, I I mean, I love the Disney Fox in the house. Or not Fox and the Robin Hood. This wasn't a movie. It was a TV show. But uh, when I was in college, they put Freakazoid down on DVD for mm. the first time. And I was like, oh, I can't wait for this to come oh out. And it's like, boy. what What the hell is Freakazoid? I'm like, you Philistines. I mean, that's why I own anything on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I mean, there was a Dexter's Lab movie uh, back in the late yes. 90s. I that, didn't uh, know that. Oh, my God. There was a movie. I, I forgot Oh, it is dark as hell. I never watched it. I just remember that there was one. It's a dystopian horror movie. Lovely. Part of it is, yeah. It it, it was actually a fairly Do creative you remember movie. Remember the tagline? It was Dexter's Lab something something. I think Ego Trip. Yes, it was oh, Ego wow. Trip. Okay. Also, well. one day we wanted to do. Um, uh, the Tiny Toon Adventures, How I Spent My Summer Vacation. Mm, oh, yes. yes. Dude, I mean, come on. They go to that like weird um, uh, theme park. I miss Tiny Toons. Sorry. It's good. It's, <laughs> it's all on Hulu now, Kelly. I don't have a Hulu. Well, I'm sure it's like the one thing I don't me. have. I've gotten to the we point now live, where we can live vicariously through our children. It's fine. I know. I'm just <laughs> like, if I if, if I pay for Hulu at this point, I may as well just fucking get cable because it costs the same. I have so many streaming services. For no uh, reason. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I mean, the only way you can see Last Unicorn, I think, these days is on HBO Max. Yeah. Yep. Every third movie that we want to do is on HBO Max right now, which I'm fine with because I have HBO Max. But yeah, I have HBO. I just ended Stars because the shows we sorry. normally watch are over. I had Shudder for a while, but then I got rid of it because I got it for to watch one movie and then they took it off. I mean, I have <laughs> I pornography. Oh, there you go. That's free, though. Exactly. <laughs> Depends I mean, on what you're looking for. I guess. Okay, that's fair. I guess that's fair. <laughs> it potentially, it's free, and I just feel like if you're paying for it, you're either really picky or you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of pornography, that scene where the unicorn turns into a woman. Yes. <laughs> oh, or better, what about when she turns back into the unicorn and they yes. disintegrate her clothes first and then make her a unicorn? <laughs> You know, Bill, how do I know if she's a woman if she doesn't have tits? Well, we could hide it behind clothing like and a hair. person. But and what hair. if we illustrated them titties first and figured it out afterwards? To be fair, the Little Mermaid did the same thing later. I want to see yeah. where them oh, titties that's are. Oh, that's a There was a, there was I a silhouette. I want to see where them titties are. <laughs> Definitely a silhouette. Personally, my only thing is... Why the fuck did they make this movie without Santa Claus? Oh, that, yeah. This is Rankin and Bass. At any point, you could have a musical number from, like, the Heat Miser or Rudolph. Did they really expect that children would respond to America, the band? Like, honestly? Or a highly 100%. sexual unicorn. Yes. Yeah, they did? Because, okay. All right, so here's the thing right. with America. Like I grew up with America because my did parents you? were fans. Okay. So, like... We, yeah, but like my dad would play it on the guitar. And we would listen to the CD over and over and over again. And okay. so like, we, yes. My, They've only got the one song though. They, they did, they have a whole CD? A horse with no name. <laughs> what are some other 
well-known That's American their, they did a, a they mule did, with a regular name. They did uh, Sandman, didn't they? Sandman? Okay, never mind. Do, 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 do. No, it's not. No. Mr. Sandman. Not that. Send not that. Me some dream. But I think, and Nick, you brought this I up. I think they're trying called. to be, it's trying to be um, like, like David Bowie with Labyrinth, but oh, yeah. it's not no, quite, <laughs> it's oh, not boy. quite working as well. This I mean, movie I mean, is a lot of I love things, it, but, but it's not David Bowie. What would yeah. have been like if uh, the Starlin vocal band did the songs for Madonna? this movie? No, Dolly. Dolly should have just had a... Oh, oh there <laughs> yes. you go. That Dolly should have been the last unicorn, let's be honest. Yes, America, oh. Sandman. Okay, I'm not completely crazy. I just don't know the song yes. you're referring to. Well, that's because you didn't grow up on America. <laughs> Yeah, so that's awesome. He asked for another song and I gave it to him. No, that, you grew up on it. You grew up on it, so that's a good that's a yeah. good memory for you. That's awesome. Yeah. I just didn't know them as well. Daniel, that's just not song. that's just not what I would picture as like a a kids movie. A kids, yeah. but I, I think I, I'm with Daniel though. It doesn't feel like a kids movie. It's an right. animated movie, but it doesn't feel like a kids movie. Like it's dark. Well, I admire the fact that they were trying to make a darker animated movie, but at the same time, they turn around and try and make it a Disney thing. That's that's why Jeff Bridges sings in this movie, and that's why uh, they've got yeah. a pop group doing it. Uh, a Spirited Away didn't have some J-pop uh, band uh, scoring it, did it? I mean, no. <laughs> I can't remember. It's been a while, but no, I don't think so. Oh, there you go. So is this, like, um, a well-undercover, like, a, that has a big fan club that I don't know about? Kind of. No, is I this, think like, this a, is exactly so. the population, like, people okay. like us. Okay. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's... I think it's one of these ones that, in our old format, would have been perfect, just because... If you remind people, I think more people have seen this than they think they remember. Right. Yeah. Because it doesn't stand out because the Disney movies of the same era are go from bad to pretty good, right? Because ninety two is also the Lion King, right? Like ninety four was the Lion King. Ninety four. This is ninety two. So like eighty two. This is eighty two. This is eighty two. Sorry, now I'm switching dates in my head, but like no, and this feels very eighties. And yeah, specifically early '80s, because this is yeah. Oliver and Company's '86. We we, yes. we mentioned that. So we're here, this is where we are. Like, you can tell it's well directed because the shots are good. Mm -hmm. Like, there, there's some beautiful scenery angled, like design shots. They're just they don't have the budget, maybe. Mm. I mean, there's a lot to like about this movie, and I do think that it's actually got a bigger cult following than uh, we imagined. But at the same time. I don't know. It just didn't connect with me personally. Like the people that know about this movie, I'm not surprised to know about this movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And like in in planning the the cosplay the last few years, there are not that many people that do it. So I don't think it does have a big giant cult following. But so, do you guys want to give a judgment on the movie? Because we're there, I guess. Sure. sure. Yeah. Daniel. There's a lot about this movie that's gorgeous. I admire what they were trying to do. I don't necessarily think they executed it well. Uh, if you love animation and you're a big animation fan, uh, you should at least check it out, especially because of the giant impact this had on uh, later animated movies, like especially how most of the animators were Japanese that later ended up working for Miyazaki. But at the end of the day, it really does feel like uh, you just opened a random chapter in The Two Towers and read it, and it's like, okay, what does that mean? 
At least that's what it felt like to me. No, um, I I liked it. I mean, it's it's beautiful. The animation's fun. Um, definitely just feels very com a little bit convoluted. Um, I was very disappointed at the end that like they didn't show all the unicorns together. Like that they were okay. So just some parts missing for me. But in general, you know, I I dug it more than I thought I would, being my first time seeing it. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I I still love this movie. Like. I will agree there are some parts that don't just don't seem to quite fit together. But I think, too, uh, it's based on a book. And apparently, this is the first time I've ever actually paid attention to the credits at the beginning. But the author wrote the screenplay. And I feel like you get a lot of bias on what he feels like is the most important thing to include in the movie. So I'd be interested to read the story and see if there are more interesting things for an animated movie that he didn't pick because they didn't feel important to him. So I think you get some bias there. So, but I mean, I still love it. I'll, I'll still continue to watch it and convince my daughter to watch it. It was fun. I, I don't know how else to say it. Like it's, there's not a lot of plot that I could follow because it's very disjointed. Maybe if I watched it more, it'd be fine. But like, it's pretty, it's well shot. The mm. animation is good. It flows. It's a very smooth movie. I think there's too much plot, but yeah, I think it works. I there's a lot of standing around. I, I enjoyed around. watching it. It was fun. Yeah. I mean, does that mean I recommend it? If you want to f- see an animated like fantasy movie, it's 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 well done. It just doesn't feel like it has a lot other than that. I, I if I had grown up with it, I'd understand more maybe. But yeah, I liked it. It just it didn't. In, in a month, I don't know if I'd remember much of it. it. It's too complicated for that. Check out Ralph Bakshi's Wizards instead. Well, I actually it's disagree because I don't think it's super... It's not a super conf, like complicated plot line, but it spends a lot of time in places it doesn't need to. Yeah. You know? Like, okay, we probably could have skipped the whole thing with the bandits and Robin Hood and whatever. It's and then family. we could have skipped the tree boobs. Well, sure. And that would have been fine. For and 90 we, minutes, it ambles a lot. Well, and, and, there, and there's a good 45 minutes where they're at the castle and nothing happens. Speak for yourself about skipping the tree boobs. I mean... Sorry. Okay. Maybe that's just, that's just me, but I didn't write the screenplay. Right? So the author felt that was important. Apparently. So, you know, who the fuck am I to judge? I do feel like it's straightforward. I just feel like not a lot happens. And it kind of makes you feel like you missed something when you didn't. I mainly just enjoyed watching it with, with my friends. The end. Yeah, it's yeah. very passive. Yeah, my it's daughter fun. got tired and cuddled with me for the first time in weeks, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is my baby. Aww. I can do this. This is great. <laughs> anyway, guys. Uh, thanks, I guess. Uh, <laughs> anyway, There um, wasn't as much yelling on this one. I feel like I usually yell at Daniel a lot more. So I'm sorry, you guys. Next time, I promise. It's a very slow, calm movie. It's, it'd be hard, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'll just like super chill about it. Well, I anticipate a lot of yelling from Kelly the next time. Yeah, I'll yeah. find oh, something. Yeah. I'm surprised nothing's been thrown at me. So they took the pillows. <laughs> I was gonna throw it at you when you made the horse with no name desert joke, and I was like, but Candace hid them all. They know. They've learned. <laughs> They've learned our tricks. Anyway, guys, thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, subscribing, everything. Uh, thanks for viewing, and uh, please, if you haven't join us and uh, review so thanks guys
My opening movies is a production of Do Better Podcasting. It is hosted by Nick Hoffman, edited by Nick Hoffman and Daniel Suttis. The theme song is Surf Shimmy by Kevin McLeod. Find his music on Comtech.com. It is registered under the Freedom for license. Our regular panelists are Matthew Quinn, Daniel Suttis, Nick Hoffman, and Jeremy Riegel. Thanks for listening. Please support our Patreon at patreon.com slash myopia. Thanks, guys.